0: welcome back to episode 95 of the talk with Fame podcast with your host kylie montigny and i'm so excited to have on singer dancer and actor Catherine boston thanks so much come on Catherine.
1: thank you so much for having me i'm so excited
0: me too i'm so excited to talk with you so what made you want to pursue a career in the entertainment industry
1: um ever since i was little i always loved attention <laughs> i always loved performing in some capacity uh my mother signed me up for dance classes when I was two years old, and uh, so I've been performing in some way ever since then. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Like, when did, like was the entertainment
0: industry always kind of been something you always wanted to do, or is it kind of something that like, you're like, oh my god, this is actually a thing I should say This is for me. That's kind of how I felt. I'm like, oh my god, this is something I can't do. I never thought I'd be in entertainment industry ever in my life.
1: Yeah, so... When I was, uh, eight years old, I believe seven or eight years old. I, um, I was at the dance studio and there was a flyer for an equity production of Annie and I was young at the time and my mother was like, Oh, this will be fun. Like, and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So I, um, I did, like, the pre-screens at my home dance studio, and then I was invited to the live audition, and then from there, I I booked it, and so that was my first ever show and my first professional gig, and uh, I've been lucky enough to continue doing it, and, um, yeah, now I go to school for it, which is so crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I can't believe it, because so you said you went to NYU. Like, when
0: did you start NYU? This year, or?
1: No. So, I am a junior so I've been here for three years yeah oh my gosh like have you been to NYU the last three
0: years or you switch like colleges in between
1: um no so I graduated high school 2020 so COVID year and so the college admissions were a bit crazy at that time because we didn't know what was going to happen Mm -hmm. if we were still going to if in person was even going to be possible Mm -hmm. um so I, I started at long story short I started in fall of 2020 but um, like did you go in person because of COVID or you did some of mine at first I was on campus but none of my classes my first year were in person which was so strange because especially for like a drama major Mm -hmm. um all of our for all of our classes to be remote Mm -hmm. It was so bizarre because we'd be making, like, weird noises and, like, dancing in front of our Zoom cameras, Mm -hmm. which is so, so strange.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, during that time, that time was so, so weird. Like, I was, like, remember being, like, can this be over? Like, I want to live a normal life. I want to go back to school.
1: Like, yeah, how did and get it you was- through
0: that time? is obviously, for actors or whatever, it's hard for that time, like, especially for people in entertainment. Like, how did you get through that time not going on set or doing what you kind of did for?
1: I mean, thankfully, uh, at that time, I and I mean, still now, I guess um, acting wasn't my primary source of income. I was Mm -hmm. a student, so I, I really have a lot of empathy for those who, you know, that was, like, their big thing. They went from, like, being on Broadway to, like, having, like, not knowing if their position or role was going to be secured when it, if, or, or, and if it came back. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but, I don't know. It was very strange because it was nice that I was in school and like the scenes and stuff that I was doing in classes were artistically stimulating, but it doesn't it's it's never the same as being on a set or being, you know, like on stage. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, you just kind of ha- during that time I found myself like journal journaling a lot, like remembering like why I'm doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and um, you know, How to make it new and exciting on this new platform? Because it's still a big part of the industry now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy how COVID has, like, transformed the entertainment industry.
0: It really has. Like, if it wasn't for quarantine, like, people really, like, wouldn't do the same thing as they do. Like, obviously, self-tapes probably wouldn't be a really good thing without COVID. Because obviously, Mm -hmm. they still do self-tapes now. Because obviously, COVID is still kind of here. And uh, people are always worried. Like, was always self-tapes a thing for you? Or, like, you when you just always go in person for auditions?
1: Um, I I did do a good amount of self-tapes before. But I definitely feel like I do a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Even now, like, for callbacks, most of them are, like, on Zoom. Unless you're, like, you know, like, the final three, four, five people mm-hmm. for, like, a role. Or if you have to go in and do a chemistry read with someone. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, things are still, like, so Zoom-based, and so it's yeah. so strange working, because working um to prepare, like, a piece for, like, an in-person audition is completely different than preparing it for, like, a Zoom audition, because it's, yeah. you know, the camera's so much more intimate, even if it is a theatrical... setting setting.
0: yeah exactly and so like I guess I mentioned before like you are currently studying drama at NYU Mm -hmm. like what do you kind of hope to achieve while while attending NYU and like how do you like the city in general because obviously before we started uh we were talking about NYU in New York City like how did you like how do you kind of enjoy studying
1: drama there and stuff yeah no I love it so NYU is um a different kind of conservatory program mm-hmm. because it's considered a 4060. So 40% is academics and 60% is conservatory, which is like the acting training. So like mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then depending on like right now, we're in rehearsals for production. So um we have more rehearsals on the weekends, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have class from nine to five. And so it's like having a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I love, I love the city. It's such a change in pace for me. I'm from a small town in central Maine. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely different than home or anything I would experience at home, but I definitely think it was like, not only a necessary move for my career, Mm -hmm. but also just like on a, on a more personal level, like to kind of force myself to get out of my comfort zone. You know, Mm -hmm. you grow up with the same people and, the same community for a really long time which is great because then you get to know everyone but you're i don't know i'm a risk taker in a sense and i like mm-hmm. to i like to be able to meet lots of people and experience new things
0: so. yeah that's how i am like obviously maine and pennsylvania are like similar but it's obviously for pennsylvania like in maine they're not really industry type of states it's mostly like new york city and los angeles and so, like, my, for Pennsylvania, it's mostly country land. while mm-hmm. everything's all country, and uh, there's no industry thing at all in Pennsylvania. And yeah. so, like, the closest thing be- for me and you is New York City. Like, obviously, ne- like, New York City is two hours away from me, and it's obviously kind of like a long drive for you for since you're from Central Maine. Like, mm-hmm. how has, like, kind of being from Maine kind of helped you like or kind of impacted you with, with being in entertainment. Because obviously, from not being big cities like New York City and um, Los Angeles, it can be very difficult to find make more connections and stuff. It's obviously, yeah. for me personally, it's very difficult to actually make connections, to actually do all these interviews in person. It's obviously, when people reach out to me and do magazines and stuff in, in person, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I don't even live in the city. But like, I like how has it kind of impacted you? basically as an actor.
1: Um I think for the most part I I was very lucky to start making those connections when I was very young. Um because the play the theater that I worked for Main Street Music Theater um has a lot of great connections in New York City. Mm-hmm. But uh the same kind of thing. It was like a summer stock theater, mm-hmm. a regional theater. So it only happens during the summer. So, yeah. I think from a very young age I was not like, like trained by any means to think, but for me I was like, oh, theater is a treat. Yeah. Live theater is like very much like a treasure. It only really happens during the summer, like mm-hmm. once a year really. And I mean there were other productions and stuff going on, of course, of course. But not to that like level, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and still, there are only three equity houses in Maine, so, and they're all, like, pretty far away from one another. Yeah. So, um, that was kind of limited, but, I mean, you see a lot of great people from small towns all over that are able to, you know, branch out and make connections, like, um, uh, Patrick Dempsey's from Maine. Oh, Andy love Hendrick. Patrick Dempsey. He's, yes. he's my favorite person. Kendrick ever. is from Maine. She's from Portland, Maine. I actually grew up um, we had the same voice teacher. Um, but um, yeah, no. So there are people that you can find. And those are big names, obviously. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are more. Like my friend um, Maddie, uh, she has a podcast called Cinema Chicks, where she like reviews film and stuff. And she really got into that um, at home over quarantine And, you know, she's from Maine, too. The same town as me. We live 10 minutes away from each other. And now she's studying acting as well at Marymount. And so it's really cool to see, like, there are people out there. It's just maybe hard to find because they feel like they're alone, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it really is hard to find, especially coming from a small town.
1: Yeah.
0: And you um, filmed a TV pilot over, like, this summer of 2022, is that
1: right? yes like can you
0: tell us like kind of more about that and like your role as a character and stuff
1: yeah so um the series is called temporary home um it was written by and directed well for the pilot episode anyway that's all we did um it was written and directed by linda furlow um she started as a journalist at NBC mm-hmm. and she produced an off-broadway version of the script in the 90s and it wasn't quite the right format for the story she uh, i remember talking to her and she mentioned that she always knew that she wanted it to be it was more meant for film mm-hmm. um so it started as an idea and she started writing the script pre-COVID mm-hmm. and then it became like a post-COVID project. Um, but Yeah, no, we filmed in Queens for a couple, well, I was there for a couple of days um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is it released yet or is it still like waiting? No. You- so as far as I know, um, because there are so many people involved from literally all over um it's still in post-production and then I believe during pilot season Mm -hmm. it will be pitched to various networks so it's like interesting because there are different like ways that tv pilots can go there's that way where it's like an independent director uh, who's not like signed or like with a certain company will go and like pitch it to a bunch of different places and see what happens or there are also just like uh someone brings in the script to a specific um streaming service is mostly what they're used for nowadays but Mm -hmm. um uh, brings it into a specific streaming service and then they will present a contract of some sort Mm -hmm. you're like oh we really love this but then if you do that uh they get a larger part in picking who gets to be in it who gets to do what and it was really important to Linda when she was doing this that she had people that she thought authentically really understood the characters and were the same Mm -hmm. age as the characters I feel like a lot of times on especially like um big tv shows the teenage characters are always played by like 30 year olds and a lot of times mm-hmm. because of that and like the content that you're able to get away with with someone who like looks a little bit older tends to make the teenage experience a bit hypersexualized. Yeah. So, it was really important to her that she had people who were one or two years around the um the age of the actual character and also mm-hmm. just that uh, and I mean, we'll see. I guess this may work for or against us, but really no big names either. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she wanted the the people to be seen as the characters and not recognizable as like, oh, um, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. She wanted to really keep that um that suspension of disbelief alive.
0: Oh, I love that. It's like we're like when you are usually kind of auditioning for a role, like, how do you get into, like, the mindset of the character? Because obviously everyone's different when auditioning. Like, how do you, like, for you personally, like, how do you get into the mindset when auditioning for? these there's many ways. Because there's many different characters when you're acting. So, like, how do you get into, like, the mindset of the character, basically?
1: Yeah, I guess it really depends on the character. Um. Uh, Depending on, like... I guess their state too depending on the material that I'm given. Mm-hmm. But for the pilot that I did, it was quite interesting because my character um she uh suffers from a lot of m- mental abuse mm-hmm. um from herself and from I think previous not relationships but like familial relationships i think mm-hmm. and um it's never disclosed but um you can kind of put the pieces together mm-hmm. and so she's not very talkative she's very shy she's very sweet and um And she's just, she's, she's so upset. (laughs) She's so upset a lot of the times because, and she gets so overwhelmed that she has a really hard time speaking. Mm -hmm. And so she really likes routine and she really likes structure. And so I think that for me, even though there were a lot of scenes that I was in where I didn't have any lines to, you know, kind of literally say what I was saying, it was important that she was just as active in the scene as any other person who had, lines Mm -hmm. so um because she's not someone who speaks much I had to decide you know is she the kind of person that is just completely zoned out or is she the kind of person that really is an active listener and kind of just takes note of things that are being said around her Mm -hmm. so I guess kind of um and that's part of the cool thing about like working with new plays or like new material is that you know, you get to work in collaboration with the director and everyone to, to kind of like figure out the character, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. And that was probably part of my, like, my most favorite part of it.
0: I love that. Like, what, like, did you ever find a way, like, is there any character, even in the, in the TV pilot, like, was there any character that you felt like connected to you the most? Or you felt like, oh my God, this is, like kinda harder than I thought or was kind of totally the opposite than you as a person, basically.
1: Oh yeah. Well uh uh it takes place in a group home. So my character is one of the girls in the group home mm-hmm. and she um she is not like, like, what I, what, I, bleh, what I was saying earlier, she's not yeah. as verbal as a lot of the other girls. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are girls of all ages in this home. And so I feel like she feels a little bit distant and almost not jealous, but longing towards them because they mm-hmm. are so easily able to socialize and make friends. And that's just not possible for her. Mm-hmm. because One, because of her condition. And two, you know, she, that would mean that she has to get out of her own way in her own head to do that which Mm -hmm. she can't do and at this point anyways and so um the person that I felt my character connected most with on set was um her caretaker named Mm -hmm. um Bernie she what serves as like the nurse and she they have like a very special relationship Mm -hmm. um she's kind of the only person to that really listens to my character even when because a lot of times it looks like she's not saying anything but she's kind of like mumbling to herself a bit Mm -hmm. um and and people are just so easily dismiss her she's like oh she's speaking gibberish she doesn't know what she's saying she's like at one point she's like oh no like you like really have to pay attention to people and take note of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so yeah there are a couple of really sweet scenes which I don't know if they'll end up in it or not but um uh, yeah, those yeah
0: so good. like what is something like I know you're just starting out and everything but like what is something you wish you kind of knew when you kind of first started out in acting or in industry in general is something kind of, kind of you wish you know
1: hmm.
0: like that you know now that you're like oh my gosh this is something I wish I knew when I first started out in this whole minute.
1: I think oh not I think one thing I wish I knew was to not put so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. um or just like on the piece or whatever I'm working on um because the moment it starts becoming more like a chore and less of something that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. it uh for me anyways that's a complete turn off mm-hmm. um I I feel like when that happens, it it's really hard for me to get back on track and try and find like the nuance in things. Yeah. Um. Particularly with like, uh, film acting.
0: But. Hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Like that's how I am. Because like when I first started out, like I thought like journalism podcasting was like the easiest thing in the world, and I and I think many people in the industry think that too. Like, oh my God, this is literally the easiest.
1: Mm-hmm. They never
0: like this is like gonna be the best thing in the entire world, blah blah blah, and then it's not. Like that's something yeah. I kind of wish I knew like when, when I kind of first started out is that like it's not easy, nothing is easy in industry, nothing.
1: Mm-mm. It's always the best ones that make it look easy and they fool you. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. So,
0: like the final
1: question I have for you is
0: what is some advice for actors or people that are starting out in the industry that are just like they're just kind of starting out and want to make it as an actor
1: oh um my best advice Ooh, i know this is a hard one i know there are so (laughs) many different routes i could i could expand upon um i think i think to just like put yourself out there it sounds so cheesy but like truly there is only like one version of you Mm -hmm. and the whole like I don't fit into this archetype kind of character or that's not what's happening now I feel like is so false because there truly is and should be a place for everyone to be represented on screen in some Mm -hmm. capacity and I you know like even though two people may look this similar or perhaps maybe even identical twins, I don't know. Mm. Um, it, they're two separate people and what you have and your experiences and your background, nobody else can have. So really taking ownership of that and bringing that as a sense of like life force to whatever you do, I think is really important.
0: 100 percent like when like on screen representation is so important that many people really don't see themselves on screen mm. and this is something a problem like many people don't never see themselves and it's a problem for some people is they don't know what they want to be or they don't see themselves in the mix.
1: people like where are my people at you know exactly no i so agree or there are so many instances in which uh, there's an opportunity for someone to be of that specific like ethnicity religion whatever to be put in that position and yet they people continue to cast people who aren't that like um, Maisel for instance like you know like I'm Jewish and you know like a lot of times like unless it was like fiddler on the roof there are, oh, yeah. aren't really like or falsettos there are really not a lot of like Jewish place well except for funny girl I guess but even now like some of the people in funny girl like aren't necessarily Jewish and they're speaking Yiddish which is like a very sacred like language and stuff Mm so yeah I just hope change comes soon it's like we can't do this anymore sis yeah and I I think that's also an important thing too is to you know like uh, for yourself like even if it does seem like a good opportunity sometimes sometimes it's a test of timing like you know if you don't subscribe to fully to the project or the idea or the way it's being done like I understand like sometimes you can't be too picky but at the same time you have to be able to stand behind what you're doing Mm -hmm. so even for like short films or anything of the sort I think that like the best pieces of work are ones that you you feel personally connected to and can fully stand behind
0: 100% and so now I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast it was so great speaking with you oh my gosh it was so fun and, Aww, we, so fun. and, and we will definitely keep in touch with sure next time and yeah we should definitely get together in New York City next time yes, down this <laughs> year I would seriously that would be so fun and I seriously love the city and next and we'll definitely keep keep in touch and yeah let's
1: keep keep in touch and everything. Yes, of course. All right, Grace, talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye.